The Verge writes, Google pledges not to develop artificial intelligence weapons. Google now launching a new set of corporate principles that says it will not let its artificial intelligence be used in any U.S. military weapon. Then there's the market mogul headline. Artificial intelligence will forever change the battlefield. Is that good or bad? An AI arms race may be a race to Armageddon. The Times Herald. We should heed Stephen Hawking's AI warning. I think the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. And it goes on. There's been a lot of fear-mongering about artificial intelligence or AI recently. Artificial intelligence is all the rage in Silicon Valley these days. The big tech companies are madly working to create software and algorithms that can do things only humans are currently capable of doing that has many predicting the destruction of millions of American jobs over the next five to 10 years. And then there's people like Elon Musk. Okay, the guy's super smart, we all know that. And he's really sounding the alarm. I think we should be very careful about artificial intelligence. If I were to guess at what our biggest existential threat is, it's probably that. So we need to be very careful with artificial intelligence. I mean, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon, you know? You know all those stories where is the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and he's like, yeah, you sure you can control the demon? Then work out. Now, Musk's comments play into a larger fear about computers that has been echoing through science fiction for decades. The Terminator film franchise has been warning us for 30 years about what happens when artificial intelligence takes over the U.S. military. Skynet defense system We're in. now activated. Skynet fully operational, processing at 60 teraflops a second. But a future filled with super intelligent machines bent on wiping out humanity is still a long way off. But that doesn't mean that there aren't any real threats happening right now. The future is always more complicated than any simple story. I'm America's digital pro, Kim Commando. And in this special Commando On Demand podcast, we are going to explore with the experts artificial intelligence. Should we really be frightened of it? And these are the type of topics I love to explore in our Commando On Demand podcast, which if you're not already getting each and every one delivered directly to your phone, your computer or tablet automatically, you really should. Whether you use Apple Podcasts or Google Play, just hit subscribe. And this way you automatically get them delivered to your favorite device whenever they come out. Let me tell you a little story about how artificial intelligence could wreck your life in the very near future. Say it's like five years from now. Your iPhone 15 has just received an email from someone you love. Um, They're in trouble, it's bad news. You see, while they're traveling overseas, the person lost their wallet and their passport and they're desperate for money and they need that money transferred quickly. This is basically your standard phishing scam that millions of people are exposed to every single day right now. The difference is that this email is incredibly accurate. The person sending it to you really is truly overseas, and you know that. They know specific details about your relationship. They know the secret names that you call each other. They are responding to you exactly like the person you know, except it really isn't them. This is a scam being concocted by a piece of AI software that has scraped every last detail about your life and made a virtual copy of the person you love. It's turned into a standard online scam and AI has made it really, really convincing. These are the kinds of existing online threats that AI is about to make way more dangerous. Not only that, 
But this one system could be trying to scam hundreds, if not thousands of people simultaneously. We all get phishing emails all the time. If you go through your spam folder, or even unfortunately sometimes your inbox, you'll find these emails that purport to be from you know your bank or an eBay or an Amazon or someone else. And, and they try to get you to click a link and log into something or even just click a link these days. And then it turns out that they were actually sent by someone somewhere else who's trying to steal access to your account. That's Peter Eckersley. He's the chief computer scientist for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. He was one of 26 researchers who met at Oxford University last year to discuss this, AI threats. The result was a massive 100-page report that was released in February of this year. Now, the big concern we have is that machine learning and artificial intelligence will increasingly make it possible to send spear phishing emails sort of at a larger scale. You might be able to study a million people or 100 million people's online identities and figure out a very compelling customized message to each of them that looks like it came from a friend or a coworker, or a collaborator or an organization you care about. And then you're much more likely to fall for it and, and click on the link. This example is one of the three classes of threats Peter and his colleagues have identified. By expanding existing threats, AI is about to make the job of scam artists a lot easier but it will also be the key to stopping those same scammers. The other piece that we're going to need is to essentially use artificial intelligence defensively. We're going to be dependent on the initiatives that are taken by Google and Apple and other companies that handle very large amounts of email for people to essentially extend what they already do in spam filtering to be able to spot AI-generated spear phishing emails. And that's unfortunately also going to be very hard, and I think that there's going to be an error rate. They're going to miss some of these these emails, unfortunately. Another existing online threat that's about to get a big boost from AI is malware. You know about malware. It's already costing individuals and corporations billions of dollars each year. But right now, that malware has to be coded line by line by human beings. Well, Peter says that's all about to change. Malware that at some point is able to find its own new ways of breaking into computers. Of course, we have malware that has exploits attached to it, it has ways of breaking into computers, but those are always programmed in there by human authors at the moment. So what we're going to see in the future, we fear, is much more adaptive malware that's able to study other computers on networks and try to find ways to break into them. So how would this adaptive malware work, Peter? Explain it to us. This kind of attack will be very effective, especially against older and less well-secured devices like Android phones or Wi-Fi routers. Those things that need Internet of Things devices that need updates to be secure, and then either the manufacturer has stopped making the updates or the user hasn't said yes to them. And so you've got a vulnerable device. We're afraid we're going to see malware that invents for itself new ways of breaking into those systems. That reminds me a lot of the computer that recently beat a champion player at the board game, Go. It basically learned from millions of games by itself and then gradually learned how to play at a really high level. There's actually a beautiful parallel between a game like Go or chess, where in essence, you have a series of moves that you make on the chessboard or the Go board, and what it takes to find an exploit against a piece of software. An exploit, of course, is some type of input to the software that causes it to do something that was profoundly different than the creator of the software had intended. Big software companies already use artificial intelligence programs like this when they're debugging their products. These AI hackers are called fuzzers. The fear is that one day they won't need humans anymore to do their work. 
at the moment that has to happen with kind of a human handholding, and I'm going to have the fuzzer run in a data center and, and, and search for bugs, I think it might only be five years away that we might see a piece of malware that figures out how to do this dynamically in the wild and say, oh, this is a type, certain type of router. I know how to get a copy of its firmware and then try the, the chess game of finding inputs that, that cause it to do things it wasn't supposed to do. I have to tell you, Peter, the idea of this rogue piece of software roaming around the internet and trying to hack and damage critical systems, it's pretty frightening to me. Especially when you think about how everything is connected to the internet nowadays. The sky is not falling, like 90% chance the sky is not falling, but it's a good idea to have a group of people sitting around mitigating that 10% risk, which is part of what we felt we were setting out to do with this particular report. There's another set of threats that Peter and his colleagues have identified. Instead of just threatening digital infrastructures, they worry that military AI systems could damage the real world. That may sound like science fiction, but a very real example this made headlines in June of this year. You see, employees at Google threatened to resign en masse when it was revealed that the company was developing facial recognition software for the Defense Department. The fear was that software could be used by drones to accurately target someone on the ground. Imagine that. The company was making computer vision artificial intelligence that was intended for use by the Department of Defense in the drone program, which of course includes both just flying drones around to, to surveil people, but also targeted strikes on people with those drones. And so is it ethical for a tech company to provide the computer vision that causes an alert to go up to a human pilot who might then fire a missile in response to that alert? That's a, a complicated and morally fraught set of questions to get into. So coming up next, we're going to talk about how the world is preparing for the prevention of this Terminator-like system. And also, this is interesting, how artificial intelligence could be to blame for fake news in this political polarization that we're seeing today. So stay right where you are. I'm Kim Commando, and you're listening to Commando On Demand. We're here with Peter Eckersley. He's the chief computer scientist for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So Peter, could there really be an AI threat that could be like Skynet from the movie Terminator? We run this risk if we use increasingly automated systems all through military deployments. We're deploying AI things now in 2018 and then different AI systems in three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, each generation of that technology will get deployed out into the wild. And one thing I'm very worried about is the potential for interactions between multiple generations of weaponry deployed by multiple countries. Do you think that's really possible? I mean, is this truly a big concern? You can imagine a situation in 30 years time where in the South China Sea, the United States and China have both put out all this automated and increasingly intelligent weaponry. And suddenly there's a path of reactions between our weapons and their weapons and the algorithms involved and the neural networks involved that causes behaviors that nobody understands anymore. That's really interesting. But how would it play out in the real world? I mean, how would it affect us? We've seen dynamics like this in the stock market. We've seen it with software on the internet. The stakes are so much higher when you have weaponry involved that I think it's really important for people in the military world to go slow and be very careful. And even, I think this is a little bit unthinkable, but even for the United States and China to sit down together and say, how can we ensure that there isn't a future where AI and weaponry 
could lead to these types of instability and chain reactions and accidental escalation where the AI start shooting each other at each other even though no humans had wanted them to. That last set of risks Peter and his colleagues warn about fall into the category of political threats. And these threats are not some risk in the future. They're already here. The 2016 election revealed the extent to which Americans are getting their news through social media. That news, in turn, is being funneled to each person according to algorithms that were designed by the makes of YouTube and Facebook, Twitter, even Apple News. The situation with false news and the role of both social media, the Facebook news feed, the YouTube recommendations algorithms in contemporary politics in the United States and and the United Kingdom with Brexit and other places actually is already a pretty serious example of how AI risk happened sooner than we might think and is weirder than we might think. Could you imagine us talking about this, say, 20 or 30 years ago? I mean, we're now talking about artificial intelligence. Do you think it's contributed to the political divisions that we're seeing in America right now? Yeah, I think the case that the choices that Facebook made and that YouTube made basically to show people things that the AI inside of Facebook thought that person would be engaged with, engaged by, they'd spend more time on it, they'd click on it more. I think that those algorithms contributed to the divisions in American politics where people on the left and the right don't understand each other. Now, a lot of people think that these algorithms were intentionally programmed to actually sow discord. What do you think about that? I think that some of this problem plausibly is being contributed to by accidents that came out of the algorithmic choices made by these platforms. I think the harder question is, what on earth do we do about this? That's a, that's a really profound question. All right, I just have to ask you, do you have an answer to that question? The ideal case is the one where the people who make the technology just decide to do this themselves. We've been talking to companies about what would it take to have social media companies be transparent about what they optimize for. And so just more voluntary transparency from the companies about how those selections are being made seems super important. There have been a lot of calls recently for more regulation of platforms like Facebook just to make sure that the information that they distribute is accurate because so many people are turning to the likes of Facebook to get their news. We are much more interested in is how can you give users and the audience, the public, control over the process of prioritizing and filtering content in the the streams that are coming at you so that if a company is trying to downweight false news, you can see that they're doing that. You can have control over the process. You can see what's being affected. You've got a slider to turn that process on and off. The threats presented by AI have a lot to do with I guess you'd say unintended consequences. You know, people who are really worried about artificial intelligence tell these stories about someone accidentally makes an artificial intelligence who's programmed to make as many paperclips as possible. And they leave the office on Friday and then a few weeks later, the the paperclip AI has become super intelligent and it takes over the world and turns everything into paperclips. And of course, this is a, a somewhat comical parable and the risk is a super intelligent system with a misspecified objective function. To be clear, you know, you said as many paperclips as possible, that wasn't quite what you meant. What do you think we need Need to do to prevent those unintended consequences. So I think we need to think more deeply about how we can replace the simple crude objective that a Facebook has, which is make as much money as possible, with a more nuanced one that includes, hey, you need to promote healthy public conversations and the institution of democracy and, and figure out how to, to not be a divisive uh, tool in the politics of the United States or any other country. Thinking deeply, it's a good start, but it seems to me that there are no easy solutions to these problems. But other stuff like the the, the fabricated news problems are so hard 
then it feels like if you're inside one of these tech companies, you can maybe craft a solution, but it will be it'll be harder for Congress to come up with bills that that are kind of in the abstract specifying what all the tech companies have to do in such a way that that's a, a constructive intervention. Peter, thanks for joining us. Once again, Peter is the chief computer scientist with the Electronic Frontier Foundations. He's the co-author, along with 25 other AI experts, of the Malicious AI Report. In case you want to give it a read, it's over at maliciousaireport.com. You see, some things in technology make total sense. Hey, stay up to date with all the Commando articles and podcasts with the Commando app. It's free and you get notifications for podcasts like this one and the very latest articles on everything digital and those security alerts. And if you like this podcast, do me a favor. Don't forget to subscribe. Head over to iTunes, Google Play, and also give us a great five-star rating and review us because that helps us better our podcasts and also helps more people to find our podcasts. And that's what it's all about. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. And I'll see you on the radio for the Kim Commando Show.